Story Ten of Lucy Maud Montgomery Short Stories, nineteen o seven to nineteen o eight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lucy Maud Montgomery Short Stories, nineteen o seven to nineteen o eight, by Lucy Maud Montgomery. Story Ten. Marcella's reward. Dr. Clark shook his head gravely. She's not improving as fast as I should like to see, he said. In fact, er, uh, she seems to have gone backward the past week. You must send her to the country, Miss Langley. The heat here is too trying for her. Dr. Clark might as well have said, you must send her to the moon, or so Marcella thought bitterly. Despair filled her heart as she looked at Patty's white face and transparent hands and listened to the doctor's coolly professional advice. Patty's illness had already swept away the scant savings of three years. Marcella had nothing left with which to do anything more for her. She did not make any answer to the doctor. She could not. Besides, what could she say? With Patty's big blue eyes, bigger and bluer than ever in her thin face, looking at her so wistfully. She dared not say it was impossible. But Aunt Emma had no such scruples. With a great clatter and racket that lady fell upon the dishes that held Patty's almost untasted dinner, and whisked them away while her tongue kept time to her jerky movements. Goodness me, doctor, do you think you're talking to millionaires? Where do you suppose the money is to come from to send Patty to the country? I can't afford it. That is certain. I think I do pretty well to give Marcella and Patty their board free, and I have to work my fingers to the bone to do that. It's all nonsense about Patty, anyhow. What she ought to do is to make an effort to get better. She doesn't. She just mopes and pines. She won't eat a thing I cook for her. How can anyone expect to get better if she doesn't eat? Aunt Emma glared at the doctor as if she were triumphantly sure that she had propounded an unanswerable question. A dull red flush rose to Marcella's face. "'Oh, Aunt Emma, I can't eat,' said Patty wearily. "'It isn't because I won't. Indeed, I can't.' "'Humph! I suppose my cooking isn't fancy enough for you. That's the trouble. Well, I haven't the time to put any frills on it. I think I do pretty well to wait on you at all with all that work piling up before me.' But some people imagine that they were born to be waited on. And Emma whirled the last dish from the table and left the room, slamming the door behind her. The doctor shrugged his shoulders. He had become used to Miss Gibson's tirades during Patty's illness. But Marcella had never got used to them. Never in all the three years she had lived with her aunt. They flicked on the raw as keenly as ever. This morning it seemed unbearable. It took every atom of Marcella's self-control to keep her from voicing her resentful thoughts. It was only for Patty's sake that she was able to restrain herself. It was only for Patty's sake, too, that she did not, as soon as the doctor had gone, give way to tears. Instead, she smiled bravely into the little sister's eyes. "'Let me brush your hair now, dear, and bathe your face.' "'Have you time?' said Patty anxiously. "'Yes, I think so.' Patty gave a sigh of content. I'm so glad. 
and emma always hurts me when she brushes my hair she's in such a hurry you're so gentle marcella you don't make my head ache at all but oh i'm so tired of being sick i wish i could get well faster marcy do you think i can be sent to the country i i, I don't know dear i'll see if i can think of any way to manage it said marcella striving to speak hopefully patty drew a long breath oh marcy it would be lovely to see the green fields again and the woods and brooks as we did that summer we spent in the country before father died i wish we could live in the country always i'm sure i would soon get better if i could go if it was only for a little while it's so hot here and the factory makes such a noise my head seems to go round and round all the time, and Aunt Emma scolds so. You mustn't mind Aunt Emma, dear, said Marcella. You know, she doesn't really mean it. It's just a habit she's gotten into. She was really very good to you when you were so sick. She sat up night after night with you and made me go to bed. There now, dearie, you're fresh and sweet. I must hurry to the store, or I'll be late. Try and have a little nap, and I'll bring you home some oranges tonight. Marcella dropped a kiss on Patty's cheek and put on her hat and went out as soon as she left the house She quickened her steps almost to a run She feared she would be late and that meant a ten-cent fine Ten cents loomed as large as ten dollars now to Marcella's eyes when every dime meant so much But fast as she went her distracted thoughts went faster She could not send Patty to the country. There was no way think plan worry as she might and if she could not marcella remembered patty's face and the doctor's look and her heart sank like lead patty was growing weaker every day instead of stronger and the weather was getting hotter oh if patty were to to but marcella could not complete the sentence even in thought if they were not so desperately poor Marcella's bitterness overflowed her soul at the thought Everywhere around her were evidences of wealth Wealth often lavishly and foolishly spent and she could not get money enough anywhere to save her sister's life She almost felt that she hated all those smiling well-dressed people who thronged the streets By the time she reached the store poor Marcella's heart was seething with misery and resentment three years before when marcella had been sixteen and patty nine their parents had died leaving them absolutely alone in the world except for their father's half-sister miss gibson who lived in canning and earned her livelihood washing and mending for the hands employed in the big factory nearby she had grudgingly offered the girls a home which marcella had accepted because she must she obtained a position in one of the canning stores at three dollars a week out of which she contrived to dress herself and patty and send the latter to school her life for three years was one of absolute drudgery yet until now she had never lost courage but had struggled bravely on hoping for better times in the future when she should get promotion and patty would be old enough to teach school but now Marcella's courage and hopefulness had gone out like a spent candle She was late at the store and that meant a fine her head ached and her feet felt like lead as she climbed the stairs to her department a hot dark stuffy corner behind the shirtwaist counter 
it was warm and close at any time but today it was stifling and there was already a crowd of customers for it was the day of a bargain sale the heat and noise and chatter got on marcella's tortured nerves she felt that she wanted to scream but instead she turned calmly to a waiting customer a big handsome richly dressed woman marcella noted with an ever-increasing bitterness that the woman wore a lace color the price of which would have kept patty in the country for a year she was mrs liddell marcella knew her by sight and she was in a very bad temper because she had been kept waiting for the next half hour she badgered and worried marcella to the point of distraction nothing suited her pile after pile box after box of shirt waists did marcella take down for her only to have them flung aside with sarcastic remarks mrs liddell seemed to hold marcella responsible for the lack of waists that suited her her tongue grew sharper and sharper and her comments more trying and then she mislaid her purse and was disagreeable about that until it turned up marcella shut her lips so tightly that they turned white to keep back the impatient retort that rose momentarily to her lips the insolence of some customers was always trying to the sensitive high-spirited girl but today it seemed unbearable her head throbbed fiercely with the pain of the ever-increasing ache and what was the lady on her right saying to a friend yes she's had typhoid you know a very bad form she rallied from it but she was so exhausted that she couldn't really recover and the doctor said really interrupted mrs liddell's sharp voice may i ask you to attend to me if you please no doubt gossip may be very interesting to you but i'm accustomed to having a clerk pay some small attention to my requirements if you cannot attend to your business i shall go to the floor walker and ask him to direct me to somebody who can the laziness and disobligingness of the girls in this store is really getting beyond endurance a passionate answer was on the point of marcella's tongue all her bitterness and suffering and resentment flashed into her face and eyes for one moment she was determined to speak out to repay mrs liddell's insolence in kind a retort was ready to her hand everyone knew that mrs liddell before her marriage to a wealthy man had been a working girl what could be easier than to say contemptuously you should be a judge of a clerk's courtesy and ability madam you were a shop girl yourself once but if she said it what would follow prompt and instant dismissal and patty the thought of her little sister quelled the storm in marcella's soul for patty's sake she must control her temper and she did with an effort that left her white and tremulous she crushed back the hot words and said quietly i beg your pardon mrs liddell i did not mean to be inattentive let me show you some of our new lingerie waists i think you will like them but mrs liddell did not like the new lingerie waists which marcella brought to her in her trembling hands for another half hour she examined and found fault and sneered then she swept away with a scornful remark that she didn't see a thing there that was fit to wear and she would go to markwell brothers and see if they had anything worth looking at when she had gone marcella leaned against the counter pale and exhausted she must have a breathing spell 
oh how her head ached how hot and stifling and horrible everything was she longed for the country herself oh if she and patty could only go away to some place where there were green clover meadows and cool breezes and great hills where the air was sweet and pure during all this time a middle-aged woman who had been sitting on a stool beside the bargain counter when a clerk asked her if she wished to be waited on she said no i'm just waiting here for a friend who promised to meet me she was tall and gaunt and gray-haired she had square jaws and cold gray eyes and an aggressive nose but there was something attractive in her plain face a mingling of common sense and kindliness she watched marcella and mrs liddell closely and lost nothing of all that was said and done on both sides now and then she smiled grimly and nodded when mrs liddell had gone she rose and leaned over the counter marcella opened her burning eyes and pulled herself wearily together what can i do for you she said nothing i ain't looking for to have anything done for me you need to have something done for you i guess by the looks of you you seem dead beat out aren't you awful tired i've been listening to that woman jawing you till i felt like rising up and giving her a large and wholesome piece of my mind i don't know how you kept your patience with her but i can tell you i admired you for it and i made up my mind i'd tell you so the kindness and sympathy in her tone broke marcella down tears rushed to her eyes she bowed her head on her hands and said sobbingly oh i am tired but it's not that i'm i'm in such trouble i knew you were said the other with a nod of her head i could tell that right off by your face do you know what i said to myself i said that girl has got somebody at home awful sick that's what i said was i right yes indeed you were said marcella i knew it another triumphant nod now you just tell me all about it it'll do you good to talk it over with somebody here i'll pretend i'm looking at shirtwaists so that floor walker won't be coming down on you and i'll be as hard to please as that other woman was so as you can take your time who's sick and what's the matter marcella told the whole story choking back her sobs and forcing herself to speak calmly having the fear of the floor walker before her eyes and I can't afford to send Patty to the country. I can't. And I know she won't get better if she doesn't go, she concluded. Dear, dear, but that's too bad. Something must be done. Let me see. Let me put on my thinking cap. What is your name? Marcella Langley. The old woman dropped the lingerie waist she was pretending to examine and stared at Marcella. You don't say. Look here. What was your mother's name before she was married? Mary Carvel. Well, I have heard of coincidences, but this beats all. Mary Carvel. Well, did you ever hear your mother speak of a girlfriend of hers called Josephine Draper? I should think I did. You don't mean... I do mean it. I'm Josephine Draper. Your mother and I went to school together, and we were as much as sisters to each other until she got married. Then she went away, and after a few years I lost trace of her. I didn't even know she was dead. Poor Mary. Well, my duty is plain, that's one comfort. My duty and my pleasure, too. Your sister is coming out to Dalesboro to stay with me. Yes, and you are, too, for the whole summer. You needn't say you're not because you are. I've said so. There's room at Fir Cottage for you both. 
Yes, Fir Cottage. I guess you heard your mother speak of that. There's her old room out there that we always slept in when she came to stay all night with me. It's all ready for you. What's that? You can't afford to lose your place here. Bless your heart, child. You won't lose it. The owner of this store is my nephew, and he'll do considerable to oblige me, as well he might, seeing as I brought him up. To think that Mary Carville's daughter has been in his store for three years, and me never suspecting it. And I might never have found you out at all if you hadn't been so patient with that woman. If you'd sassed her back, I'd have thought she deserved it, and wouldn't have blamed you a mite. But I wouldn't have bothered coming to talk to you either. Well, 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 poor child, don't cry. You just pick up and go home. I'll make it all right with Tom. You're pretty near played out yourself, I can see that. But a summer in Fur Cottage, with plenty of cream and eggs, and my cookery, will soon make another girl of you. Don't you dare to thank me. It's a privilege to be able to do something for Mary Carvel's girls. I just loved Mary. The upshot of the whole matter was that Marcella and Patty went, two days later, to Dalesboro, where Miss Draper gave them a hearty welcome to Fur Cottage, a quaint, delightful little house circled by big Scotch firs and overgrown with vines. Never were such delightful weeks as those that followed. Patty came rapidly back to health and strength. As for Marcella, Miss Draper's prophecy was also fulfilled. She soon looked and felt like another girl. The dismal years of drudgery behind her were forgotten like a dream, and she lived wholly in the beautiful present, in the walks and drives, the flowers and grass slopes, and in the pleasant household duties which she shared with Miss Draper. "'I love housework,' she exclaimed one September day. "'I don't like the thought of going back to the store a bit.' "'Well, you're not going back,' calmly said Miss Draper, who had a habit of arranging other people's business for them that might have been disconcerting had it not been for her keen insight and hearty good sense. "'You're going to stay here with me, you and Patty. I don't propose to die of lonesomeness, losing you, and I need somebody to help me about the house. I've thought it all out. You're to call me Aunt Josephine, and Patty is to go to school. I had this scheme in mind from the first, but I thought I'd wait to see how we got along living in the same house, and how you liked it here before I spoke out. No, you needn't thank me this time either. I'm doing this every bit as much for my sake as yours. Well, that's all settled. Patty won't object. Bless her rosy cheeks. Oh, said Marcella with eyes shining through her tears. I'm so happy, dear Miss Draper. I mean, Aunt Josephine. I'll love to stay here, and I will. Thank you. Fudge, remarked Miss Draper, who felt uncomfortably near crying herself. You might go out and pick a basket of golden gems. I want to make some jelly for Patty. End of Marcella's Reward